All right, we're back. What a week, what a week. One of my storylines I had, you know, post week zero was, what do we expect from Colorado? Holy shit, what a fucking show in week one. A lot of great games across the board. We had LSU, FSU. Larry, what was your favorite part of the week in review? I guess my favorite part, it it's like we don't know if teams are good or teams are bad. Like, yep. it, it, it could go either way. Like, even – just talking about Colorado real quick, it's like, it was TCU really bad or was Colorado really good? Um, oh. Same with a lot of other or pretty awesome upsets. I would say Clemson's dead. Clemson's out of the college football playoff. Not really a hot take. Maybe a little bit of a hot take. Um, but it was, I mean, having a full slate was unreal. It, we're back, baby. We're back. BCB, give me your first week one thoughts. Well, those are some great games, man. Like it felt good, felt good to be back. I lost a bet. Uh, TCU Colorado lost to Colorado. It's okay. I played it by the numbers. Uh, it's, I, I didn't even like disbelieve in Dion. I'm not a non-believer. I actually said it was a great hire. Like if you remember, yeah. I said they really? went from 15 losing seasons to being relevant overnight. Uh, got probably the best, the best all-around player in college football right now with Hunter. Uh, so, you know me, I'm a big throwback football guy. So I love seeing the kid play two ways. Don't think they can have him do that a hundred snaps a game for the rest <laughs> of the season. I say, let's not do that. But uh, I, I like it, honestly, man, you know, I'm a Lane Kiffin guy. So you get a dude like Deion Sanders, breathes a breath of fresh air. He's his own guy. He's a unique character, comes in, wins, is a big underdog. I think he's going to win this week. I think he's going to win next week too. I think he's going to be three and zero going into the Oregon game. And, uh, and, and then it's like the books are even saying that they don't know how to adjust for Colorado. Like it's unprecedented. They're yeah. like, we're getting, I saw today, like one sportsbook director's like, dude, we're getting hammered from the public. We're getting hammered from sharps. We're getting yeah. <laughs> from like everywhere. He's like that this game, they said this week at Colorado is maybe going to be the most bet football game in a lot of sports books history. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's nuts, dude. I'm here for it, though. Love it. I love to see what to expect from Colorado. I'm going to say for myself, I don't know if I'm quite sold on it. Like Larry hinted at, is TCU bad? But They're bad, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. got problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here's a wild stat, dude. TCU, okay. ran, TCU ran 82 plays. Colorado didn't have a single tackle for loss. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. All right, well, we'll get into it in the week two preview because I do want to touch on that Nebraska-Colorado game. But we got football again Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Do we have a Sunday game? I mean, NFL's back, so. That's yeah, no, probably no Sunday game because we got we got Friday night. Well, there's a Thursday night game too, right? Uh, you know, we got like, Louisville-Murray State. Yep. Then you got Indiana-Indiana State Friday night. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. All right. Well, again, money's in the crumbs. Let's get into it. We got a bunch to go through. Let's win some money. Week one preview. What a week it was. We had solid games, great football, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, just all together, just wonderful experience. We're going to kick it off with the Thursday game. If you recall from the last week's episode, Minnesota and Nebraska, I had Minnesota minus seven, my lock of the week. Couldn't be more certain about that than ever. Should have just taken the money line because Nebraska has always chokes. But one thing I did say, Athen Kalkamakis, however you want to say his last name, you could see early on the struggles of a young quarterback. He would stare down his targets. He throws Philip Rivers' sidearm. I'm not sure if you guys checked out the game, but that was one thing that was just wild. Threw a pick in the uh, red zone. Otherwise, though, I still have faith in Minnesota. I'm not backing down from that pick. I love Athens. I think he's going to show some success. One of my favorite games. I love Big Ten football. love Nebraska choking it. Just rolling it over from last year. Matt Rule had some head coaching concerns a number of times throughout the game. I don't know if you guys had any initial thoughts, or we can just keep touching on games. Uh, yeah, definitely some thoughts because I got bubs here. I had Nebraska oh, yeah. plus yeah. and a half, um, and they should have won the game. Yeah. They uh, – unbelievable catch by Minnesota wide receiver. Yeah. It was, it was like Jordan Jumpman-esque, that toe tap and that catch. 
the Minnesota has unbelievable talent at wide receiver. I'll oh, say yeah. that. Um, the interception by Nebraska when they were going, they they were basically driving to score a game-winning field goal. The mm-hmm. interception was terrible. The quarterback <laughs> got he threw into triple coverage and got picked off easily. Like Bub said, Nebraska, they're still the most unlucky team, and it has just rolled over. It doesn't matter who the coach is. doesn't matter what they do. They're just unlucky. Luckily, they still covered the seven and a half. Uh, <laughs> interception happened. Minnesota went down, kicked a field goal. Not any other thoughts than that, but happy to beat Bubs. That always feels good, um, especially Mortal Lock. He wants to. He wanted to bring up the Minnesota quarterback, but like that kid was getting sacked left and right. I mean, I don't think I don't think either of those teams are very good. BCB. Yeah. So the bar I was at, like they had that game on on the most like standard definition TV I've seen since the late '90s. So I couldn't really tell what was going on. And uh, with it being a Big Ten game, and you know both teams kind of struggling to score, you see. Nebraska offense up there running it uh, and whatnot. It, very much you could have thought you were watching a late 90s college football game. Uh, Jeff Sims is what I like to call a preview magazine player where like Phil Steele or someone will say, oh, well, you know, he's pretty good. They're probably going to be improved at the position because this kid has 5,000 career passing yards or whatever. And then you put him on the field and the kid's not any good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at with him. He, he does make some plays like from what I've seen him play, but for a kid that gets a lot of hype, uh, it's kind of hyped up that went the between that Minnesota game and then when I watched him get blanked 42-0 to Ole Miss last year, uh, uh-huh. Jeff Sims has not really been a guy that's impressed me. Nebraska is not a team I'm touching anytime soon, especially this week. Yeah. And like they, they've been the biggest money burner now; they're going against the biggest public darling we've had and maybe ever. So that'll be fun this week. Yeah, Nebraska three possessions in the first half. Great run team. I'll say that. Their pass offense, non-existent. Solid defense, too. I think I'm still set on Minnesota being a solid offensive and defensive team. So was a little impressed with the defensive effort uh, by the black shirts. Yeah, I'll say this. Like, don't get off of Minnesota just off of that game from week one. Like, I don't think winning a dogfight in week one to a conference opponent is the worst thing that can happen to you (laughs) as a football team. Like, go – Go look at any great college football team, and usually they have. And I'm not even saying Minnesota's a great team, but I mean, dog, this kind of stuff happens in college football all the time. So you got to remember not to overreact too much to week one. Oh, yeah. Next game we had was back-to-back on Thursday, Florida-Utah. I'll defer to Larry uh, if you have thoughts on that game to get us started here. Kick off with a quick rant. Um, Yeah. I Spectrum. Spectrum's my cable provider. (laughs) They cut off the game, 8 o'clock. I'm watching ESPN. I'm watching pregame, 8 o'clock, black screen. <laughs> and it's it's not just me. We're talking like 35,000 yeah. people yeah. Uh, yeah. at least. Yeah. Uh, BFT commenters said it best. It's basically a terrorist act yeah. to cut off ESPN <laughs> right before kickoff. So I can't watch ESPN. And you want to know what's even better? They own the ACC network. They own the SEC network. I can't watch any of the channels I pay for right now. I still have cable TV to watch live sports, and yeah. I was not able to watch the game. Luckily, you do some things like yeah, yeah. get a couple logins, watch the game. Grand Marts still stinks. We yeah. were completely right about Florida. I'm a little upset at BCB that he talked me into Florida because of the third thing, third straight quarterback. Florida was bad. Granted, Utah's defense, excellent. Shut down the run, put pressure on Mertz all night. We've already said it in our SEC preview. Billy Napier will not see the end of the season, and I stand hard on Billy Napier will not be the head coach of Florida at some point this season. Um, Utah's good. Utah's good. We'll get into it when we get to the picks, but um, they don't need they don't need Cam Rising again this week. There's just no need. They don't need them. We'll talk more when we get there. Okay, uh, but they they don't need Cam Rising again this week. It's, they don't. So BCB, I'll let you rebuttal here. 
I don't really have anything to rebut. Uh, I gave Florida <laughs> one last chance and uh, didn't work out. Uh, so also apparently too, the Utah like team reporters didn't know that the third string quarterback was even on scholarship. Apparently that was like addressed <laughs> in the post game press conference. Like and Kyle Winningham was like, no, he actually is on scholarship. So uh, I mean, Billy Napier is a wild move. What he did, where he got Graham Mertz, fan base wasn't happy with it. Yep. The boosters went out and tried to get Jaden Rashada. <laughs> Had Jaden Rashada. Mm-hmm. Then the check doesn't clear. And now he's at Arizona State starting. And you're stuck with Mertz. And then just doubling down saying, this is the one guy I'd have out of the portal if I could pick anybody. Yeah. And now you've got a school like Ole Miss that has two portal quarterbacks that are better than Graham Mertz. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. One kid that's not even going to play this year. So it's – it's pretty crazy. Uh, I, I just really – and he's still running that stupid-ass Sunbelt offense in the SEC thinking that's going to work. Yep, yep. Like, that, that he was just going to outpower Utah. The game really kind of played out the way I thought it would from a standpoint of just being ugly and uh, yep. big man on big man football. And all that said, Florida was like 35 yards away from covering at the end of the game with a backdoor cover and yep. didn't get it done. So, I don't know. I mean, I – I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to like Vanderbilt in a couple weeks. Right. Uh, I'm out on Florida. Not going to be a team that I really back. I don't think unless there's something crazy that happens. Right. I swear to God, if the Ole Miss season gets ruined by Lane Kiffin, the Florida rumors, like what happened last year, I'm going to (laughs) be so done with college. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. The opening play for Utah, the 70 yard TD pass was crazy. But yeah, we'll see what happens when Cam Rising gets back and they're tied yeah, in. I, I did not get to see that play because yeah, my, yeah, yeah. I had to figure out how to watch the game. Yeah, I'm not in Champions Club this week due to Spectrum. Uh, my girlfriend didn't understand what I mean that I literally had to stay at the bar all night to watch football. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Moving along to our Friday night game, Louisville, Georgia Tech. Uh, you're both locks of the week from just from a pick standpoint when we record it obviously things change throughout the week but it's your guys's pick so I don't want to take the thunder BCB start us off there yeah so I was uh this game was on you know obviously ESPN so I can't watch it so I go to a bar that has a Motley Crue cover band that was playing outside nice. and uh Louisville gives up 300 plus yards in the first half they're down 28 yeah. 13 uh it looks about as awful as it can i said this is what i get for believing in jeff brom go outside to the beer garden start drinking listening to kickstart my heart some motley Crue songs uh (laughs) check the score again all of a sudden louisville pulls me back in so i have to head back inside watch the game so this is even worse so they're up 39 28 kick the ball back off to georgia tech which they were like one yard away from icing the game on a third down right before that before they kicked the field goal which is a win for us because they were up eight Yep. Yep. So we win no problem if they just get one more yard, but so they kick it. Well, apparently this bar closed at like 11 o'clock. So <laughs> Georgia tech coming on the field to get their possession started. All the TVs just go black, like shut them all off unannounced. So I have no idea what's happening trying to, and I had get like no cell service there. So I pulled it up to see just in time to see that they scored with like 30 seconds to go get backdoored. And between that, and then there was one play in the Incarnate Word game where I got screwed, and then another one play in the Northern Iowa game late that screwed me. Uh, bad beats all around. Yeah, th- this week can't be worse than last week. But I do think Louisville's a pretty good football team once they kind of got it figured out and got it rolling. That's the tricky part with week one is getting that start. Uh, you could see in the second half when they started rolling, putting shit together, like Louisville's going to be a solid team, uh, especially with Clemson's downfall, which we'll touch on here in a second. Yeah, I think those Louisville to make the ACC championship or Louisville to win it are looking pretty good right now. Yeah, because they basically it was, it was 23-0 in the second half. Yeah. Until, yep. <laughs> until they gave up that last garbage touchdown. Larry, yeah, well, I mean, I, not much to add there. I, I thought Louisville's off or defense, I don't even – they weren't even trying in the first half. I just – they were, they made Georgia Tech look good. Yeah. Um which it almost makes me think Georgia Tech might upset some teams in the ACC, but uh, yeah, not much else to add uh, there at all. Fair enough. The game of the week, the game everybody watched, everyone was tuned into. New quarterback, new new offense, changed around team. 
I'm talking Iowa Hawkeyes versus Utah State. What a game. Um, yeah, we come out firing. I'll be quick here. 14-0 to uh, round them up. Often struggled a little bit in the second half. Uh, my question to you, Larry, and uh, to BCB here, would you rather have Cade McNamara as the quarterback of your team or Graham Mertz? I mean, it's Cade, but I, I hate Iowa. Um, <laughs> I, they, uh, I don't – they just – it was such a look ahead and such an apparent look ahead, and I want Bubs to keep this on record. So how many points are they averaging per game so far? You need to average 24 for the year. What are they averaging? 24. Okay, so I'm glad they hit that mark. They sat down Cade pretty early in this game. Um, but I had the, I, I teased them down to 16 and they couldn't cover 16. So I'm out on the, I'm out on them until I take them minus four here when we get to week two. BCB. So I didn't get a CK McNamara play. I did get a C Graham Mertz play and I'll take about 130 other quarterbacks in the country over Graham Mertz. So by virtue, uh, I'll say, Give me Cade McNamara. How did Cade look, though? Was his shoulder okay? Because that had been kind of the, the rumor, right? The throwing shoulders a little banged up? Leg. Mm. Yeah, shoulders previously, but he hurt his leg like two weeks ago. That came back. Kirk Ferentz already came out and said against Iowa State, we will not be running any QB draws or we will not be rolling him out of the pocket. Something to think about. Well, they run a QB draw to start the game for 80 yards. I mean, that's <laughs> our specialty. Like, from four years ago, that was our thing. And also – Big old Donald Trump, uh, Vivek, I can't think of his name. Ramaswamy or Ramaswamy. Yeah, they're all going to be at the game. They'll be with me in Ames on Saturday. I'll be at the game for those listening, so let's go. Um, <clears throat> before we hit Colorado TCU, since we hit my favorite team, BCB, want to chat on uh, old, uh, old Ole Miss real quick? Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the score, but uh, 73 to 7. <laughs> I I had not said it on here because I was trying to keep it to myself. Yeah. But in, inside, around the Ole Miss program, it had been like, what kind of leap has Jackson Dart made? And, and the words that were getting thrown around was, he's the best quarterback in the SEC this year. Okay. Uh, he, I know they went out there and beat up on an FCS team. That was a 1-0 FCS team, a team that had won last week, had a game under their belt. Uh yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. So you got Trey Harris broke the school record for uh, touchdowns by a wide receiver in his first game. Mm-hmm. Jackson, 11 for 11, 237 yards, three touchdowns in the first quarter. Uh, it, it really couldn't have started much better. Quishon Judkins didn't get hurt. That's all I wanted out of that game. Right, right, right. <laughs> Just survived. So uh, the defense actually gave up a touchdown. Like, it's, uh, speaking of quarterback draws, like it was a quarterback draw at the middle, yeah, yeah, yeah. 75 yards to start the game. Yep. So that was the first, uh, the Pete Golden era, that was the first play against Stolfus after they paid a bunch of money to get him in there. Yeah. But uh, didn't give up a point the rest of the way. So optimistic, man. Ole Miss has got some dudes. Like like I said, I, I was making fun of my buddy who's an Oklahoma State fan, said, hey, we're up 56 to 7, so now the best quarterback in your school's history gets to play for Ole Miss. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and then Walker Howard even looked good too. So it, it's pretty crazy to think, like, someone really? even says, to the, me. the stat you put in the group chat, who was the best quarterback according to PFF in week one? Jackson Dart. Jackson yeah. Dart graded out numero uno. So um, between him and uh, Connor Weigman, who were my two like long shot Heismans, they were like nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, and like 600 yards between them. So yeah. good, good start to the season there. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see. It's obviously you kick up the opponent this week. So got to yeah. go to Tulane. Uh, I, I hope, I mean, if Ole Miss is the team, I think they are, they can blow them out. The rest of the, uh, the rest of the SEC, SEC West, not looking so great. So I think it's there for the taking. I love it. Uh, Bill Conley says Ole Miss has like a 7% chance of winning the SEC this year right now. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) I love it. Larry, you want to talk a little bit about Coastal? Uh, yeah, they, they covered Coastal actually looked great at the Rose Bowl. Um, very excited. They brought in a bunch of transfers. They got some dogs out there on defense. The secondary looked great. It was uh 14 to 13 for a good bit of that game. Yeah. Um, so they I mean they were competing deep into the second half. 
unfortunately they lost by um 14 or 13 yep. I think it was 27 27 to 14 maybe or 27 to 13 yeah um they look great in the Rose Bowl um McCall looked a little hobbled which always hurts me but yeah. um I, they looked fantastic I think they're ripe to compete again for the Sun Belt champion. Yep. Yep. Because um, the other team that I bet this week did not look as good at Tulane. I took South Alabama yep. plus six and a half at Tulane. Tulane handled business, but I think Coastal's great. They're, I, I mean, they're going to get added to my week two card now, just talking about them. But yeah. Um, for that team to show up, uh, they hit the transfer portal well. We'll get into Clemson and Dabo because I got a lot of things to say about them. Um, that was great. I would say the other game, South Carolina, UNC. Yeah. Um, I would say if we're talking ACC, we're going to get into both these games here very shortly. I would say. Go ahead, transition us in. So UNC looked excellent. Yeah. That defense looked phenomenal. Um, but maybe Rattler turned back into Rattler. Um, mm -hmm. South Carolina couldn't, couldn't run the ball. They couldn't really do anything on offense. Juice Wells, their best receiver, also got hurt. He had a foot injury. But I actually very surprised with UNC. Drake May was excellent. I think that's a great win for them. I think the class of the AC, I think the ACC is wide open. Oh, yeah. I think the class of the ACC is UNC. But there's also two other teams that we're going to talk to talk about here very quickly. Um, because I think FSU might be one of the best teams in the country. Love it. Um, real quick before we miss it and forget about it, Colorado TCU, very hard game to forget about. BCB, Shadira Sanders, Travis Hunter. I mean, we said at the beginning that's gonna be an interesting team to watch. What what were your thoughts while watching? Yeah, so I don't think either of those teams is very good on defense. Uh as they kind of indicated by the score. Like I said, so you got uh, Colorado didn't have a single tackle for loss uh, in 82 snaps that TCU took. Uh, so TCU, the problem was with like, it, all right, I get it. They made the national title game last year in name. Uh, they were there, right? They yeah. lost 70 to seven. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah. Uh, they, I don't know. They kind of had a miracle season. They lost their, their best players. They lost the offensive coordinator. Yeah. If honestly, if you had a 12 team playoff, TCU wouldn't have been anywhere near the national title last year because they would have been like the eighth or ninth, tenth seed. They would have lost in the first round. Yep. Uh, so, I, look, it's a great story. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think you can really love anybody coming out of the Big 12. I'll tell you who I love coming out of the Big 12. Uh, I think Kansas is a little bit better yeah. than what we thought. I thought, speaking of teams that have two quarterbacks, they played the backup quarterback. Yep. I was going to say shout out to him real quick. I didn't mean to steer off the topic here, but that kid was like in the top 20 of PFF quarterbacks. And I watched that game. That kid's nice with it, dude. Like he could be starting somewhere. Uh, that was huge for them to retain him. He would start at Florida. But yeah. anyway, back back to Colorado. Uh, I Yeah, I think Dion's got some nice players. Um, I love that Dion's having success. Shador mm -hmm. was better than I thought he would be. I, like I said, TCU might – might be the worst defense they play against all year yep. uh, from what it looked like. But uh, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to ride the train. I think they could win seven, seven or eight games this year. And that's a huge substantial improvement from last year for Colorado. Oh, big time. So, I'm not on the natty train. I'm not on the Heisman train, but I'm on the, like, it's fun to kind of ride Dion train at least yeah. this year. And then when they get to Oregon, I'm hoping we get a really soft number on Oregon. That's probably going to be one of my biggest bets. I think Oregon will thrash them. But for now, let's just keep having fun. Here's what I, I think I said it in the group message. Uh, but you guys like Peaky Blinders? Oh, love it. Okay, so you remember the first season, he takes the racehorse down in front of all the townspeople and they do the magic trick yep. to the horse. And then they do that three or four times in a row. So the people all keep betting the horse and the horse is winning. And then the money's made on like the fifth race when everyone goes and bets the horse down and they hammer all the other horses at major odds. And then the horse gets last. 
Yeah, that's like that's gonna be the Colorado Oregon game. I like that. Uh, I like that. Where you hammer the ducks, but you ride Colorado until then. Up until then. I like it. I like that. Larry, any thoughts on the Colorado game? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess question for you guys. Like, I think Travis Hunter is one of the best players we've seen in a long time in college football. But yeah. at some point, is it safe to play a guy that many snaps week by week? Like, I don't. I, I guess we're going to test it this year, but Colorado also has one of the toughest schedules. I've looked at it over and over again. I mean, so they get out of Oregon week four, then they get USC at home. So we're going to find out real quick what type of team this is with those back-to-back games. But then, I mean, they have a tough schedule late. They get at, they go to the Rose Bowl and play UCLA. Then they get Oregon state at home and they finished the season at Utah. So, I mean, it's just such a tough schedule. But, like, love Travis Hunter. I think I want to throw some money on him to win the Heisman just because 11 receptions and one interception in one game is crazy. But he can't play 90% of the snaps against Oregon and USC. He just can't do it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, very interesting team. I think we'll really see when they play Nebraska in that run-heavy offense. <clears throat> see if Matt Rule gets some things figured out. We'll see. Uh, Sunday night, we had FSU-LSU. What a game. Loved it. I think we were all taking out FSU, if I remember correctly. I had FSU money line. Solid game all around. Jordan Travis, Trey Benson didn't really get started to the second half. So, love that they were able to get through on that defensive line of LSU towards the second half and figure out some plays there. Jordan Travis early on though, kind of a little bit like Louisville threw some pretty weird passes that got me a little concerned, settled down the second half, really showed the player that he could be Keon Coleman, uh, the transfer from Michigan state. What a fucking player. Like just think if he could be playing with Jordan Travis all these past years, right? Um, Overall love Florida state, love them even more as one of my natty picks, especially after week one, uh, Larry, what'd you think? Uh, awesome game. Um, I It was extremely competitive for the first half, so I wouldn't say the final score kind of reflects how the game went. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think it was also like 14, 13, or 14. Uh, it, the half was 17 to 14. LSU was actually winning at the half, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that game was awesome. I just – FSU just outclassed them. I, FSU's defense was probably the most impressive part that I saw because they went big on big with LSU and they created a, a lot of problems for Jalen Daniels, like a lot. Um, I think Chip Kelly after the game said he would uh, he wants to execute his whole team. So that was an interesting quote I caught. Um, I, he thought he was being funny, but he basically said he wanted to execute his whole team. Um yep. I, I, yeah, no, I, I think it leaves the uh, SEC West wide open for the old Miss Rebels. Yeah. Um, it hurts to say that, but it's wide open now. And uh, I think FSU is probably the class of the ACC right now. Yeah. We will we'll get into Clemson here in a second, but like they got to go to Death Valley here in two weeks, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's uh, FSU looked excellent. Um, they they dominated the second half, dominated the fourth quarter. Like, I, I they look like a team that is uh, ready to be in the college football playoff. To be honest, BC, uh, yeah, finishing out the fourth quarter. Head coaches gotta love that. BCB, let's hear it. Yeah, so this is like one of those time is a circle thing, right? Like fsu won this game last year people forget because the way the season went for both teams like fsu won the game we thought it was going to kind of push them into this other stratosphere with norvell maybe it kind of did to an extent i think they were what nine and three last year um then taking a step forward i also love though that they won this game with like norvell for the simple fact that like fsu stuck with him and the fan base was ready to pull the plug on that guy early multiple times with coach norvell they stay the path Thought they had the right guy. It's blossomed into something nice. Keon Coleman picked apart uh, Deuce, Deuce Chestnut yep, out yep. there. Uh, I So we mentioned it, I think, last week in the preview. The LSU secondary was pretty patchwork. Yeah. Um, 
the Florida State receivers had a huge size advantage mm-hmm. uh, on them all night. They got what they wanted. Like Jordan Travis, when he gets in a rhythm, is as good as anybody. Uh, when he's hot, man, he's like he reminds me kind of like a prime Eli Manning. Like when he's hot, you like <laughs> get yeah. good luck. Like he's but when he's cold, when he's cold, like they can lose. Uh, I I don't think LSU is probably as bad as they looked last night. Like I said, their their corners, which. I don't think are great anyway. Just had a huge size disadvantage. Yeah. Mason Smith was out for him. Uh, they also do that weird thing where like Harold Perkins, who's probably their best pass rusher, best do it all. Yeah. And they're just dropping him in the spy. Yeah. Like every single time there's like spine Travis. Uh, I wouldn't have done that with Perkins. I, I know I'm never going to be a defensive coordinator in the SEC, but theoretically I'm going to imagine LSU has linebackers that are at least fast enough to spy Jordan Travis while you can do some blitzes with Harold Perkins or match him up in man coverage on a tight end or something um, or a running back out of the backfield. Just so you can get more production value elsewhere. The Keon Coleman thing hurts. So if you guys didn't know, uh, he was down to Ole Miss in Florida State yeah. and it, it looked Ole Miss and it switched to Florida State at the last second. Yeah. Um, so it hurts thinking of what could have been with him and Trey Harris. Apparently, he's also the reason, though, that Spencer Sanders is there because then they had some NIL money that was freed up they didn't expect to have when he went to Florida State. So, we ended up with Spencer Sanders. So, everything's kind of interconnected there. Uh, Florida State, though, yeah. I mean, they're definitely the front runner right now for the ACC and probably a college football playoff spot. Love it. Let's wrap it up for week uh, one review. Clemson Duke last night. We're recording this on Tuesday. This is Monday here. Uh, Larry, you seem to have the hot opinions here, so we'll let you kick us off. Yeah, Clemson's dead. Um, (laughs) I had Duke plus 13. It was easy. Um, Riley Leonard's an absolute dog. Cape Klubnick is not. Um, I don't – Clemson's got to change. Their culture is broken. You just got to hit the transfer portal. Like, um, Davos – Davos' minutes are probably numbered here because – they have such a strong fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, let me take a step back. They also turned over the ball in the red zone and over and over again. So, if you look at Lucky, there could be a certain amount of luck there. Mm-hmm. Um, Duke then steamrolled them in the fourth quarter, like absolutely steamroll them. So, for a top 10 defense in the nation, supposedly – uh, this is embarrassing. Um, they just don't have the dogs they used to at receiver. They don't have the Justin Ross. They don't have the Mike Williams. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. I think Cade, Cade is decent. I don't think it was completely on Cade. Cade was still hitting his receivers right in the hands, and they were dropping balls over and over again. Will Shipley's still a very good player. But um, – and it's – I mean, it's probably an overreaction, but – um losing to duke in an acc game week one is mm. probably clemson's worst loss in the last decade in a while yeah i will say uh for club nick the only thing i have i think larry hit it on the spot when he he lost one on transition in a qb read or a, you know hb option right and he held it too long they missed it up in the second fumble in the uh red zone he tried to, it felt like he tried to do the same thing again where he held it for so long and they finally gave it up. The running back barely had the ball and then just got smoked right in the chest. So I put that on club neck and I put that on the play calling from Clemson, just not being able to trust your young quarterback with just like hand the ball off or, you know, he did well in the passing game, but don't give him those tough decisions where am I keeping it? Am I handing it off? I think that's where two of those big touchdowns or turnovers came from. So BCB wrap us up for week one. Yeah. So I'll just say with Clemson, uh, I'm not, so I don't think they're going to win the ACC. I think that's probably not going to happen. They like, uh, like Larry said, they don't really have the dudes on the outside anymore. It looked like Duke football was content to just sit there and play man coverage on them for most of the night. That's not really a good sign. I do think, so I will say this. So I have a buddy who's a diehard Clemson fan. So I was texting him last night after the game. Yeah, I told him, I'm like, dude, like Clemson's probably not going to fumble three times, throw an interception, and and uh, get two field goals blocked, like in every game for the rest of the season. So that kind of stuff, you're going to find some regression of the mean. 
I thought they ran the ball really well, actually, against Elko's and Duke, who I consider Elko to be one of the best defensive coaches in the country. So, honestly, there's probably if Clemson could have just kept grinding it out with Shipley uh, and have at least have their running backs hold on to the football, probably turns out a little bit different. You can see, though, like, I, I like Cade. I think he's talented. Um, you see why I'm always hesitant to anoint young quarterbacks, though, because this Clemson fan base has done this now twice. They had – Trevor Lawrence, and then, oh, well, wait till DJ gets in there next year. Like, wait till DJ gets in. Then DJ was, all right, let's get him out. Let's get Kate in. Let's get Kate Klubnick. And now you've got a kid in his third start, and you're trying to ask him to play hero ball to win you a game on the road. Yeah. Like, that's – and I get it as a Duke, but still, road games are tough um, in college football. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, you know who looked pretty good over the weekend? Hmm. DJ. Look pretty good out there for Oregon State against a San Jose State team that I don't think is awful. Right. In a road game. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think here's the thing, though. Clemson's, like, still good good enough to beat somebody. Like, all you like everything you said, like, if they can run the ball, they got good defense, they're good up front, good mm -hmm. in the trenches, like, they'll probably pull an upset. I, I would say, like I said, Florida State, if this was a horse race, Florida State's definitely in the lead and they're the favorite. Yeah. But, like, Louisville, North Carolina, Clemson, they're all still kind of in there in that, that mid-pack. And two teams make the conference titles, so. Yeah, dude, it's going to be great. ACC's turning out to be a little bit more exciting than we thought. Death, Death Valley's still extremely – Clemson will be a completely different team at home. They always oh. are. Um, so, week four, we get Florida State at Clemson, which Clemson won't be making those mistakes at home. Right. Uh, I still think Florida State's better, but – it will be very interesting to see what Vegas does with that line coming out into that game. Oh, love it. Love it. So our week zero review, we're going to hop into a week one preview. Again, we're going to highlight one game and go through our picks. We'll get right to the point here for you guys. Larry, uh, our game of the week this week, Texas Bama. Kick us off. You're fucking crazy. Uh, so the line here, we got Texas. Seven and a half point dogs at Alabama in yep. Tuscaloosa. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch either of these teams play. There were too many other games that I've watched, so I haven't got to dig in the highlights. But what I've seen is uh, Milro seems to be like the guy, mm -hmm. or Milro seems to be the guy they're committing to. Right. Uh, I did see that a couple. They had a couple stalls. They had a couple drives stalled, so Milrow did have to use his feet at times, which yep. he did well. Um, and I didn't get to see much of the Texas game, but I'm very excited to watch this game. Mm -hmm. And Texas's defense seems to be much better than they were last year. Um, so I, I'm very excited to see this game. Very excited to watch both these teams play. Um, I still think it's Nick Saban and Bama and Tus Tus Tuscaloosa, so yeah. it should be very interesting to see. I leaning Texas plus seven and a half, um, but that might change here in a couple minutes. For the listeners, uh, Larry started his preview with horns down, so take that for what you may. BCB. Yeah, so. Uh, coming in here, so it's Jalen Milrow. This will be his second real start. He did technically start against Mid-Tennessee State, kind of a glorified scrimmage. Uh, he had one start last year. That was against A&M in a home game. He went 12 for 19, had 111 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. So very weird stat line. Uh, I Look, this is a game where it feels like everybody's going to be on Texas. The seven and a half just feels too good to be true kind of thing. Uh, the Alabama defense is really, really good. I, I really like, uh, you know, the Alabama defense. It does look like their secondary is banged up, though. So that's going to be tough when you've got Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, both, both teams got grown men in the trenches. Look, if you're Quinn Ewers and, like, you are who they said you are, you've got to win this game. Like, this is a legacy game for him. You've, yeah. Especially for as good as he was against Alabama last year before he got knocked out of the game. Like, this kid's been circling it. If he wants to see men himself as a top quarterback in college football, top Heisman contender, this is it. top draft pick next year, go in, light this game up. 
Um, so apparently Bama looked energized on offense and defense. So they got some new coordinators in, got Tommy Reese on one side and Kevin Steele on the other. Um, just in terms of the, so like we said, you get Texas seven and a half right now. Um, looking at Kay Ford's numbers, Kelly Ford, that this, that'll be the official power rating of the pod. He, uh, he has Alabama's about 11 points, 10 and a half better on a neutral field. Um, so add in, I would say probably three to four points for a Bama home field advantage for a night game. And then his numbers are saying Alabama by 14 or 15. I don't trust Milrow to that extent. Um, this might be one, honestly, where I don't know that I'll have a play in this game straight up. But if I throw in some teasers uh, on Saturday morning, just a couple numbers, I wouldn't mind moving this one to like 14 and a half, 15, yep. um, seeing what happens. But I think Texas could go in there. I'm rooting for Texas to go in there and beat them outright, but we'll see see what happens. Love it. Yeah, overall, uh, one thing I saw from the Texas game is that Sarkeesian is really doing his best to protect his quarterbacks. He does have Arch waiting in the back line, but like on a number of plays when Texas was going on offense, they would put eight people up, two big tight ends on the side, everybody would block, and they just have Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell on the backside just – running their routes. Quinn Ewers, plenty of time, kept his head downfield. Love that. So if they can protect him and keep him safe, because again, Alabama's defense is another animal as always. But I really think Texas has a shot not only to cover the spread seven and a half, but win this game outright. So yeah, also- I mean, both, both these teams, like Texas played Rice and JT Daniels last week, official whipping boy of the pod. <laughs> and Alabama played mid-10 state. Like those are two glorified scrimmages. Right, right, right. You're, neither there's zero chance like either of those teams put anything on tape yeah. <laughs> outside of their their staple plays that you're gonna see this week. 100 percent I'm switching. Give me Bama minus seven and a half. You're an idiot. All right. Well, on that mm-hmm. note, let's roll it right over to our week one picks. Larry, we'll let you start us. Don't say you're mortal lock. We leave that to the end. I haven't come up with a mortal lock yet, so we're going through the card. Mortal lock we picked off probably one of these. We're starting real quick here. We're betting against BCB and his boy. Rest in peace. Um, we're going Utah minus seven at Baylor. Um, Blake Shapin hurt. Yeah, that was, that was BCB's guy last year. Um, talented at times. Yeah, um, he, actually he, he actually had a solid game against uh, Texas State. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he won the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will be taking Utah. And like I said in our earlier review, I don't think they need Cam Rising. Mm-hmm. I think they can roll out the exact team they played with last week. Uh, they used both of their quarterbacks too last week. Um, and I just, I like Utah at Baylor minus seven. The next one is Old Miss minus seven at Tulane. Um, really like what I saw out of Old Miss last week. Um, not a full believer in Tulane. They probably moved up a little bit this week in rankings, but rankings mean nothing. Right. Um, but yeah, Old Miss minus seven. I just I think they're gonna come in there. Lane Kiffin is pedal to the metal. They're gonna score a lot of points, yep. and they're gonna shut down uh, Old Miss or sorry Tulane. Uh, the next one I'm taking, I don't think either of these guys will like this, but um, I'm taking Miami plus four at home against a And M. I am gonna buy in on Cristobal. I'm gonna buy in on the U. I thought they looked ex- excellent against. Uh, Miami, Ohio last week. I thought they bigger, faster, stronger. Um, Van Dyke, I think he's taking a leap, or I think maybe he's coming back to what we thought he was going to be last year. Um, Not so much a leap, but um, I still not a believer in A&M. I know they've paid so much money for all of their players and (laughs) Hippo Fisher. Um, Next I'm taking another team I hate. Hated them last week. They lost me money, but I'm taking Iowa minus four. I just, Iowa State, just not good. Hunter Decker is not playing uh, a lot. I think they have many players that are out on suspension. 
Yeah. I think Iowa probably didn't show much last week. Yeah. Uh, like we said, the offensive coordinator just had to get 24 points. He got to 24 points. I think this might be the week that we see them score maybe into the 30s. Maybe the Hawkeyes score 30 yeah. points yeah. against Iowa State and Cyhawk. Uh, moving right along, I switched to Alabama minus four, minus seven and a half. I did Texas. I had Texas. We're switching back to Alabama. We're just taking Bama at home. We're taking Nick Saban. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian coming back to Tuscaloosa uh, might be a rude awakening for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next one I'm taking, another team that we all loved, Texas Tech. We didn't talk about them. Wyoming beat them outright week one. Uh, Pretty embarrassing. So I'm taking Oregon minus 60, or sorry, minus six and a half at Texas Tech. And then the last game I'm taking, this is a system play. Okay. So I'm taking Stanford plus 29 and a half at USC. I thought Stanford looked excellent at Hawaii. I thought they just looked big, strong, tough, like their quarterback, like the gut, like the grits. I just think, I think with some of the clock changes, I think BCB said four less possessions, maybe a little over four less possessions. Um, I think Stanford can stay within the 29 and a half. Uh, and I think they might actually be able to compete with uh, USC here. All right. Love them. I think we're on a lot of the same plays. I'm going to run through mine real quick. Uh, I got Utah minus five and a half <clears throat> at Baylor, the shape and loss. Uh, obviously, Texas State, I think, is better than what we think, especially with Finley at quarterback. But, yeah, Utah minus five and a half. I got Notre Dame at minus seven and a half. Sam Hartman, I'm going to keep riding that train now until it, it bites me. At North Carolina State, love Hartman, love what they can do, the balance attack that Notre Dame has offered, all about that. I'm going a little FCS. I know it's kind of your guys' arena right here. I'm taking James Madison money line minus 270 at Virginia. Have no belief in Virginia. Larry, what do you want? You have a quick comment on that one? James Madison is not FCS. James Madison plays. Oh, okay. Thank you. And that's the Sun Belt. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Virginia, fading Virginia is the gift that keeps on giving, though. Like that just needs to be a squad ride every week until (laughs) Elliot gets fired. (laughs) Next up. Oh, Granted, I love that play. I love the play. James Madison, they should win the Sun Belt. They're not they're not eligible yet because right, of right, right, um, right. some issues with like when they f- switched over. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, love that. The I think they're the great Danes or the fighting Danes. Um, like them to cover six and a half easily. Love it. Iowa minus four. Larry and I are on the same there. Little concerned about that one. I'd put that as a three on my confidence level. One being the lowest, 10 being the highest, but we'll see. Um, also on Miami plus four and a half. Love them at home. Loved what they produced in week one. Van Dyke's back. Offensive line healthy. Probably one of the best in the country. Going to ride that. And again, kind of to Larry's point, I have no faith in Texas a and I'll let them show me what they got. Um, Ole Miss minus seven. Let's fucking go Rebels. Uh, at Tulane, I loved what Jackson Dark put up. Number one graded QB in PFF this week. I think the offense can keep rolling, and I think Tulane, I think South Alabama might not be that good, and Tulane might be getting just a little bit extra right there. Texas State plus 12 and a half. I'm riding this train as well, too. Uh, that game against Baylor, Finley at quarterback. Love the offense, love what they can do. I'm taking Texas State plus 12 and a half. I'm going to sprinkle a little on the money line, plus 340. Uh, UTEP minus one at Northwestern. We wanted to see what Rutgers Northwestern could do. Northwestern is going to be very terrible in college football this year. Uh, last three plays, I'm going to save my moral lock. I have Texas plus seven and a half. Again, Larry's an idiot, but horns up, baby. Um, and my last play is Arizona State money line, Oklahoma State at Arizona State. Don't still have faith in Oklahoma State. Actually went back and listened to the Big 12 preview in our section on them. I know Rashad only won by three against an FCS team uh, week one. 
but they started off hot. I think they can keep it rolling. So I'm saving my mortal lock, BCB. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, obviously, we'll just go ahead, uh, make this one. I'll get the first one out of the way. So squad right here. Uh, Ole Miss, minus a seven. I like it at a touchdown or less. This game actually opened like three points, and it went to seven pretty quick. Wow. Uh, like you said, so we got Dart, and you got Spencer Sanders. So, like, that's pretty crazy um, that you can lose your starting quarterback. God forbid something happened to Jackson Dart. I think Spencer can step in um, and at least keep it going. So, uh, Caden Prescorn, who was an All-American all American Athletic Conference tight end, uh, first team last year for Memphis, who transferred into Ole Miss. They like him a lot. Was a little nicked up. They didn't even play him last week. He's going to be in. Uh, Trey Harris is in. Finally got a Michael Trigg sighting. Mm-hmm. Or seems to be another young man who has some problems. So I think Ole Miss has got some weapons that we've been saving. Time to let Quashawn Judkins do his thing, see what the new defense does. Uh, also big that just came out today, uh, Tulane's coach announced in their press conference that Corey Platt Jr., uh, who's probably Tulane's best defensive player, is out. So oh. he's out for the game. He had 15 tackles and a sack last week. Jesus. So uh, you can't miss too many of those guys when you got running backs like LaShawn Judkins and Ulysses Bitley on the other side. Okay. So, and, and that's honestly the big difference between a team like Ole Miss and Tulane. Ole Miss has a lot of depth. Tulane doesn't have very much depth. Uh, also, Monty Montgomery transferred in from Louisville, uh, linebacker for Ole Miss. Started mm-hmm. his career at Tulane said this week uh, that he hates those guys. He hates everything about them, and <laughs> he wants to punish them. He forced a fumble on the kickoff last week. The main key for, for Ole Miss is just going to be stopping Michael Pratt, though. I uh, can't let him get hot. He went 14 for 15 last week. Um, Lane yeah. Kittle was kind of talking him up. So that's the main thing. But, again, it, like one team's in the American, one's in the SEC for a reason. If, if Ole Miss is the team I think they are, they've got to go out and dominate the game. Yep. Also – one of the best things I've learned about college football gambling, bet teams that are – bet tempo teams that are matched up against inferior opponents. Like, if you're trying to cover points, you give me a team that's going to run plays and yep. keep it going. And Ole Miss might be a cover machine this year because, like I said, Spencer Sanders is going to get to play games, uh, and he's not going to not try and score when he's in. He came in through for two tutties. So, uh, moving, moving on. So, flipping it, uh, another one that's been mentioned, but I'm riding it. Oregon, give me the six and a half at Texas Tech. Still a believer in Texas Tech. I just think so. Uh, are we going to have to start calling him big game Bo Nix? A quarterback. I looked it up. Obviously, we talk about road starts with quarterbacks. This is his 20th career road start mm-hmm. coming into Texas Tech. He's six and three in his last nine. So they come in. Uh, Oregon also is 10th in the total team talent metric on 24-7. So mm-hmm. one of the most talented teams in the country. You come in, you're going against a Texas Tech team that didn't look to be that much more athletic than a team like Wyoming last week, which is kind of a troubling sign. Uh, Tyler Shug drops to eight and one in games that he started and finished. Now he's got a tougher opponent. Also, Oregon hung 81 on Portland State. You see that. You don't watch the game. You just see the, the score. You think Oregon. You think they're throwing it all over the field. No, sir. They ran for 348 yards on Portland State. Uh, Texas Tech actually gave up way more rushing yards than passing yards versus Wyoming last week. Mm-hmm. Kind of a strength on weakness here. I think Dan Lanning's a great up-and-coming coach. So give me Oregon here, the six-and-a-half. Uh, veteran quarterback, running offense, that tends to travel the best. Sure. What a tough environment in Texas Tech. Do expect them to, to get that pulled out. Getting on the opposite side of Larry here, uh, give me the A&M minus four at Miami. Look, Mario Cristobal. The offense still sucks. It's still it's still stagnant. They played against an inferior opponent last week. Connor Weigman did also play an inferior opponent. He played New Mexico. Mm-hmm. But to start his career through five starts, he's 13-0 TD to interception ratio. Mm-hmm. As yet to throw an INT. This is his first real big road test. This is a crossroads game for both programs. Mm-hmm. Chris Doble rode Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's coattails to where he's at. They tried their best to stagnate him. I put them in that stupid offense where they just ran screenplays and up the middle out of the shotgun until they needed Herbert to light it up. Yep. You can talk about Van Dyke all you want. His stat <laughs> line from last week, he was 17 for 22 for 201 yards and a touchdown and an INT. Again, against an inferior opponent. Sounds like the same old, same old to me. Like, okay. I know Miami fired the offensive coordinator. They're still running Chris Doble's system. 
I'm not worried about it. A&M's got a lot of talent. Uh, Miami also too. So running offense, A&M had one of the best defensive line recruiting classes of all time last year. Those kids are back. They're a year stronger. I don't think they're going to be able to run it on A&M. And I don't think Van Dyke's going to light you up. Also, A&M's wide receivers look really, really good on the outside. They got some dudes. So, again, if Connor Weigman's the guy I think he is, and remember, A&M, like him so much they didn't recruit Quinn Ewers. Yep. You got to go win the game, buddy. Like, that's, <laughs> that's who you got to be. If you want Jimbo to be your coach next year, you got to win these types of games. Um, then moving on, I don't think anyone mentioned this, um, but I'll go ahead and throw it out here. Uh, well, do we want to do mortal locks or save it? I'm saving my more, my one mortal lock I have for the end, but if you have multiple, save it for the end. Okay, I'll save this one for the end then. Okay. Um, well, obviously, we're going to add some games uh, as the yeah. FCS lines come out, but for the big big games that people care about other than my – actually, oh, sorry, I got one more pick I'll do. Yeah. Um, give me Georgia Southern minus seven at home versus UAB. You got Trent Dilfer, who's essentially in the same situation Jeff Saturday was. Yep. No head coaching experience, ESPN guy, coached a little high school ball. Comes into UAB, he's been talking a lot of shit. Clay Helton's a college football lifer, doesn't seem like the type of guy that would take kindly to that. Uh, so UAB's probably not where they need to be as a, as a program yet. I think Georgia Southern has a chance of winning uh, the conference. Also, very interesting stat, both teams played predominantly rushing offenses last week. Uh, UAB gave up 16 yards in the pass. Georgia Southern gave up 14 yards against the pass. So have, haven't seen either of these teams passing defenses get tested yet. All right. We'll see what happens. I'll let Georgia Southern in the seven at home. Okay. All right. So I'll end us up here. Larry will have his mortar locks posted on the graphic when we post those on Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, my mortar lock of the week. Go ahead, Larry. Uh, real quick. Do we have a pod lock of the week? Well, I think BCB and I are about to be on the same game right now. That's just my thoughts, but... Well, me... I mean, we all have Old Miss minus seven. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's our uh, Tub Club lock of... Not... Well, I'm going to rephrase that. Tub Club play of the week right there. Play of the week. This is... Uh, if Old Miss doesn't win outright, I might be MIA. Like, <laughs> like I, this is like a loser leaves town game for me. Yeah. Like, I, like... I can't show my face anymore. I've got to burn my old myth here. Like. <laughs> so my lock of the week, my mortal lock of the week, 0-1 to start the year. Going to get right back on the train. Kansas, minus three and a half uh, with, against Illinois. Jalen Daniels, as of yesterday, head coach says, you know, he's, he's doing good. Wouldn't really give too many updates. But I'm not concerned whether it's Bean or Daniels. I feel confident especially with an Illinois team that barely had a last second field goal to beat Toledo. Uh, very confident in Kansas covering the minus three and a half. I'd take it up to seven even. Uh, grab it now if you can, uh, because if Jalen gets announced as a starter, that's only going to just inflate the number. Again, I'm okay with either quarterback. Kansas minus three and a half, my moral lock of the week. BCB. Uh, so I'm actually going to jump on a separate game here. Kansas is close, though, especially when I saw those black uniforms with the throwback logo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be – I think that's going to be a fun atmosphere, though. Like, you got two basketball schools going at it. Oh, yeah. um, should, should be a good time. No, I'm actually going to be on Washington State here, plus seven, um, is a home underdog against Wisconsin this week. Wisconsin's oh. got to go to Pullman. Cam Ward threw for five tutties last week. Again, it's kind of an experience thing. You got Tanner Mordecai, who I don't think is as great as everyone hypes him up to be. Right, right, Going right. on a road game, second game in the offense. This is where teams fall apart, right? Like you've got the ranked, ranked team going on the road. I kind of thought Washington State would end up getting ranked this week uh, just to kind of promote this game a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, ABC, 7.30 kickoff. So I guess it's going to be 4.30 West Coast time. Either way, um, I like Washington State to get the job done in Pullman. I think, uh, looking at it here, too, as well. Yeah, so Cam Ward. Yeah, Mordecai was 24 for 31, 189 yards and touchdown two INTs. Uh, Chaz Malusi had 157 yards and two touchdowns. One of them was a 95-yard carry, though. Just Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, again, yeah, they gave up over 300 yards to Buffalo. 
A little bit worried. So here's the thing, though. Washington State, 320 yards on the pass last week to Colorado State. Did hold them to 37 rushing. Yeah. So yeah. If, if they can take the rush game away uh, from Wisconsin, I think it's going to make it tough. But, again, I think Washington State is just a little bit further ahead in the program. And that, that's a long way to travel uh, to to go in for, for a road game this early in the season. So, yeah. we'll, uh, that'll, be, that'll be my lock of the week. I'll take that. We'll sprinkle some money line as well. Um, but, uh, yeah. That's... Washington State pulled the big upset last year in Madison, uh, same time yeah. last year. So, great pick. All right. Well, we will have the graphic up. Pod will be up here shortly. Larry has one more thing to add here. Yeah, my lock of the week is uh, Oregon Ducks minus six and a half at Texas Tech. I love it. You got the plays. We had a rough start to week zero, brought back up in week one. I think the more we see these teams, the more better we're going to get a good sense of where the lines are, where our value's at. Folks, appreciate you listening. We're on to week two. Let's fucking go.